Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? Let's do it, girl. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? I'm your host, Dahlia Larian, and today I have Alan Leggan um, from the pediatric Um, He's a pediatric and adult congenital interventional cardiologist, what a mouthful, um, at the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta Heart Center. Um, And do you also, are you also teaching at a uh, school of medicine, like in your spare time? Yeah. What is it? (laughs) Well, uh, in a way, yes. I'm also on faculty at Emory University School of Medicine, but that's not too... For somebody in this type of subspecialty, many are associated with a uh, medical school, I reckon. So it, uh, it, you, you do a lot of teaching in that process. Okay. All right. Fair, fair. Um, so what, starting off with the good stuff, what got you into this? Like, when were you like, hey, that's going to be my job. This is what I want to yeah. do with my life. Oh, man. Uh, well, it was a circuitous route, to be honest with you. Um, it, it's funny. I um, grew up. I went into medicine uh, for a lot of reasons, but one was um, I always wanted to be a part of a search and rescue team. I thought I was going to do ER and uh, be a part of a search and rescue. It was really into outdoors and all that. And then once I got into medicine, fast forward a bunch of uh, life chapters, but (laughs) I just did not like ER. And um, I really loved the uh, science, uh, I guess, behind cardiology, but I didn't like adult cardiology as Mm. much, but kind of found my way into this world of congenital heart disease, which is really, it's kind of like plumbing gone wrong, Dolly. It's <laughs> its like, it's just holes where there shouldn't be holes and things where there shouldn't be things. And uh, it, it um, really reminded me of some things that I love in the, in the world, like whitewater. It was just uh, all streaming and how things flow. And uh, yeah, it just kind of perfectly fit um, uh, in terms of the science I loved. And then also, Boy, the the population. I just really fell in love with congenital heart disease. I mean, um, many don't realize, but it's the number one birth defect. And um, truthfully, more people die in in terms of uh, children die of congenital heart disease than any other, you know, cancer, kidney disease, all those things. Not not to say those aren't horrible things, but, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just very common. And um, so I really thought I could make a difference, I guess. Oh, that's awesome. It's also, I haven't necessarily gotten to work with a ton of clinicians in another field but I have heard that you know similar people like similar minded when you're going into something like that with the pediatric and congenital it's like it takes a certain person and I feel like every uh everyone that I've met in that field is just like so absolutely kind and passionate and I think it takes like a certain thing but um it's so cool to see how like you guys are because you're like I just need to figure out how, how I can save and help the most people, right? Yeah, no, I, you know, it's funny you say that. I think it's a very infectious community, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you really want to be a part, and, and you're right. There, there is something that sets it apart. I, I certainly fell in love with it, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then before you fell in love with it, this is what I love about your story, is <laughs> you you had an interesting path there, right? So you took, like, I remember we were talking, you're like, yeah, before I did this, you know, I just lived in a van for a year and was a yeah. whitewater kayaker. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Well, Especially to go from like that lifestyle to such a fast pace, like such a bulk schedule. I, I guess let's right. start with 
how have you always been into water diving? Um, and then what made you like kind of do that, like focus on that and just enjoy like that part of nature and, and your life for a, a year, was it? Yeah. Well, it, uh, yeah. So it, it was an interesting <laughs> route for sure. And uh, I mean, gosh, I could tell your ear off about it, but it, it was a fascinating chapter of life. There's no doubt. I um, I've, was always into the outdoors. Uh, certainly my grandfather had taught me hiking and camping. And so I was always into the outdoors and uh, really into sports growing up. And then I got to college and I, you know, I wasn't going to play college sports or anything. So I needed something to do and I needed besides, you know, drinking or, you know, just getting into trouble. So I, I fell in love or I found a whitewater kayaking community at my college, the university of Georgia, go dogs. And I, um, I just fell in love with the community. Uh, and then, you know, really fell in love with the adventure aspect of whitewater kayaking, just really kind of progressed fast throughout the years of college and um, really ha- held on to it uh, at, even after college. Um, prior to med school, as you, as you mentioned, I, I had kind of transitioned to certainly it was a big transition, right, from when you're first going to where you're like traveling around and I was living in a truck as you had mentioned I lived in the back with the little camper on top and uh, I was <laughs> kind of searching out some of the biggest white water I could find across the nation and it, it was just oh gosh it was such an amazing time I mean I, I tell you to be in a river gorge that is just miles away from anybody or anything and the only way out is class five white water. It, I mean, it's just a feeling that cannot be replicated, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's almost a, I mean, this is going to sound a little out there, but it's just a bit of an out of body experience and yeah. kind of have a busy mind. And it just really kind of puts you into a, almost a Zen like state. Um, I'm one of those people that can't like go to the beach and just sit all day. Like I just, I would fall apart. Like I just, I can't do that. So I have to be moving and, but the most calm I can ever find is in the middle of a river gorge with white water rushing all around me. And it's just, it's just such a Zen like state. And so it, it really took me to some really amazing places. Um, you know, that we'd say 90 to 99% plus of the population will never see or visit. And, um, you know, living in the truck, uh, I didn't do a lot of showering, but uh, but I learned a lot about <laughs> life, <laughs> and uh, it was a simple time, but it was a special time. We'll put it that way, and um, oh it was a wonderful chapter in my life for sure. Yeah, that's so. As someone, this is something I'm really curious about, and something I'm trying to myself get better at. As someone whose mind races so much, mm-hmm. and Clearly, I mean, you're someone who likes to be doing a lot of things, but then to kind of be so separated from all that, you're saying, you know, it's kind of just you out there, you know, obviously when you're doing the whitewater, you're going through the whitewater, it's it's an activity, you know, you're doing things. But yeah. then on the other side, when it's just like you in a, in a truck hanging out in nature, how did you <laughs> get your mind to calm? I think that's something that I sometimes... I think I can, you know, when I do it, I'm always happy. Sure. Sometimes it's hard to get your mind to calm and, and not numb it with your phone or movies or something or right. um, just kind of sit in that feeling. Yeah, you know, that's a it's a good question. And as you were asking that, I was thinking about um, 
and I will say, you know, I, I always do these with uh, a select team. Uh, so it's two or three people that are with oh, me. Nice. Yeah. And so really it's, it, but, but you know, when you're in the middle of the rap and you're, you're on basically on your own, right. Yeah. So, but <laughs> I, I will say that um, I think it's, it's just utter focus. Right. Uh, um, I think about, I mean, think about a big waterfall, like close your eyes, mm-hmm. think about a big waterfall. If you ever seen one that's 50, 60 feet and think about being in a boat over the, on the top of that waterfall. Okay. And you're, and you're about to go over the lip and you can feel the water taking you faster, faster. You're about to go over the lip. There's something about your focus that nothing else in the world Mm. matters at that time. than what you're the next move you're about to make, how you're going to do your angle in the air while you're free falling. I mean, it's just, again, it's, it's this level of focus that, I, you know, I, I don't do hard drugs or anything, but I can only imagine that, you know, if you were to do something like that, maybe there's the state that you get to that you're always chasing and, and thinking about and, and like, boy, can I get back there? You know, and, yeah. and I think that's that's very similar with white. Not again, hear what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not. I'm not saying white water kind of things <laughs> like drugs, but I'm just saying there, there's just a level of out of body experience that um, that you're probably chasing a lot. And so I think that's for me, kayaking was it. And, and, you know, fast forward to what I do now, it was the only thing in medicine I could find being a, a congenital interventionalist is, is the only fun, time that really where it comes down to what I call the crux of the procedure, you know, the really most important parts of the procedure. It's just such a level of focus um, and you're again with your team and their help focus with you. And it's this team effort. It just really kind of mm. mirrors that, that, that aspect that I love. Um, and it's mm. just awesome that I found something to be able to do professionally. That's uh, somewhat like kayaking. In that yeah. respect. <laughs> that's a great outlook. I think there is, um, it's not called like a focus state. I'm blanking on the word, but there's something sure. where it's like, you kind of get in that you're in this zone and, um, whether it's through work or activity. So it's cool that you've been able to find that like zone of yours where it's just kind of the rest of the world like disappears and yeah, you're just in it. Um, I'm the same way with like soccer. I've, I've played okay. my whole life. Um, and to me, like I joke, like uh, I, I try and do it three times a week now just cause it's exercise that I don't realize sure. I'm exercising for. Um, but it's yep. the one time where I'm like, I just chase the ball around. And then all of a sudden, like an hour, an hour and a half passes. I'm like, Oh, would you like that? I, I got a workout in, you know, like yeah. I'm just in this Zen spot ha- having fun. Um, and it's awesome when you're able to have those things outside of work. Cause I think that's so important. Um, yes. but then also, can you find that within your work and within your job and, and get that satisfaction? Yeah. No, it's a great point. It's a great point. <clears throat> and so, okay, you have also, I'm curious, as I was thinking about, okay, what do I want to hear out of Alan? Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the things I think you just have a really interesting and like admirable outlook on life. Oh, so thanks. I wanted to just hear more about that. Like, how do you go about life? What are some of your guiding principles? You know, um, what are the things that you think about to try and whether it's your purpose or things that make you happy or um, things that guide you? That's, you know, it's interesting. 
as you asked that question, I, I think the number one thing, let's, let's say what my loved ones would say about me mm-hmm. uh, is that I'm a relentless optimist. I have a best <laughs> friend named Brad that, that says that often. And uh, there's a joke that I would bring a book to read for an eye dilation test. You know, <laughs> just always optimistic. But I, I think that, and I think there's certainly that aspect. I, I think that really being an optimist can kind of extrapolate further out. And for me, I think it's, I always want to be just a part of the solution and not part of the problem. You know, I, I, I realize there's so many problems in this world and so many things that we can help with, so many things we can't help with. But what the one thing we can control um, is just trying to be a part of the solution, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to be able to solve everything. But I think that's really important when you're talking about you know, being an optimist and, uh, you know, take, take your relationships uh, or your interactions with others. I think I'm always someone who wants to see the good in people and in situations. Um, you know, certainly in the line of work I do, I've experienced a lot of really horrible situations. I, I think that this field uh, is incredibly humbling. Uh, you know, I think often about the families and the situations they have to deal with, but boy, I, I also see in that um, them come out on the other side. And, mm-hmm. and it's um, just amazing to see these families who might suffer so much uh, during it, but you talk to them afterwards and they say, I, I wouldn't have traded that time with my child for the world. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just so, you know, it just tugs at your heart and it just makes you feel so humble um, for what you have um, and, and just appreciative of that for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that is to be able to, because you do, I'm sure you see the most beautiful parts of life in terms of, you know, supporting life and giving people and, and um, more life, right? But then you also yeah. see the, the hardest parts of life, yeah. of people losing people, right? And so being able to have that outlook of, you know, can can I continue to be a part of the solution. I know you try and, you know, support different things. So, you know, having lessons learned and how can I continue to be a better impact and, and basically like put more good into the world, right. Than than the way you left it. And I think I love that relentless optimism. Well, Um, I, uh, you know, I'll tell you another, I have a four-year-old at home, Dolly, and, uh, (laughs) you know, he's a typical four-year-old, right? He can be quite the hellion at times, and uh, I was so frustrated with him the other day, and I'd had a patient the day before that I just, you know, um, of similar age and just, just so sick, and I just thought about those parents and how much they wish they could have him at home terrorizing them, you know, <laughs> and, and making yeah. their life hard. And <laughs> I just was like, you know what? I, I can figure this out. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can get the, I mean, he's, he's being so annoying. He's just a toddler, you know, but it's, uh, those parents would give anything to have that, their child at home. So it's, it's all perspective, right? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, I was listening to, um, I think it was like some psychologist the other day and it was basically talking, they were talking about how, it's not necessarily healthy if you're not acknowledging the challenges, right? Like sure. maybe your, your toddler's driving you crazy or, or whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, and to just be like, oh, you know, my life's perfect. It's fine. But what is extremely healthy um, and beneficial is can you acknowledge it, but then always 
try and see something positive out of it right and oh, so wow. like, okay yeah yeah so not necessarily just ignoring the bad but accepting the bad and being able to see the light on the other side um and you'll have to send me that end. i will uh, yeah. send it to my friend that calls me the relentless optimist <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like no see it's a good thing there you go there you go <laughs> so it is it, it, I, I liked the outlook because it's like oh you can you know, feel the bad and feel those emotions and sure, but being able to see what good is coming out of it from the other side. Um, okay. So on that, so, okay. Doing my digging and research uh, okay. recently learned. So your wife is also a doctor, right? So she's a pediatric yeah. anesthesiologist Yeah, and having a young one. I think there's the interesting realm of relationships and family um, at this point where, so many people are striving to have a great career and have a family and do all these things, but maintaining those relationships. Yeah. And so I was curious, um, is there anything that you both have done in order to find that balance between work and family and then also, uh, you know, time for each other in your relationship? And I don't know if you have any insights on, on what's worked as you're going through that journey. Whew. Uh, yeah. uh, let's, let's just say I've, I've certainly probably done more wrong than I've done right. But, um, yeah, I, I think the probably the biggest overarching theme uh, to, to what you just asked, um, I, I think something that I really adore about my wife is that she is her own person. She has mm-hmm. her own life in addition to our life. Um, and, and I think we both respect that about each other. Um, mm-hmm. And we have such a admiration uh for each other and what uh kind of person each other are uh and and i think it's something that we celebrate um i I mean i think she can kind of read between the tea leaves uh when i'm having rough weeks and i mean she's so great and so um giving uh she knows that if i've been working many weekends and i haven't been to you know let's say drive up to the mountains and uh live in the back of my truck and not shower all weekend uh <laughs> she will literally come to me and say i'll take care of our boy uh, go with your friends get stinky just shower when you come back <laughs> so you know I, I think that I think that's just an example, but it just, it really helps us make our relationship work. Um, you know, and I think we come together because again, if you were just stuck in a house with a four-year-old and, and we got a little baby girl on the way, but you know, baby all day, uh, we'd all go crazy. And so I, I think it's about that, you know, you're a team. I think that um, one thing that we continue when you talk about each other that we think about a lot and, and talk about a lot is that, I think it's hard when you have children It's such a perspective changer, but um, (laughs) when you have children, you can really start living your lives for the children. And, Mm. and, and again, I'm not saying that that can be a bad thing. I mean, there's so much that you need to do for them, but you you have to remember what really started it all. And that's that relationship Mm. between you two. Right. And I mean, again, I'm not going to try to, bring down the podcast uh aura here but you know if you look at the divorce rate a lot of it's pretty high after kids yeah. go off to college right and and all these you know couples were living for their children and and we just had always made a promise to ourselves of you know what we we started this whole journey uh together um as our own person we're going to celebrate our own person if you need a weekend away getting stinky you do it um and uh but also we we have a commitment to each other um and that's even before our children and i think that's something important to keep in mind as well 
I love that so much. That's so meaningful. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I love that. I think that's so important too, as, as you do it. And it's, it's cool yeah. to see that you guys are both on the same page and you're like, you know, we, we love our child but, you know, and we love yeah. each other and we need to make sure that, you know, our relationship doesn't just turn into giving everything to, to said child, which I think is good in the long run for the child as well, probably. Totally. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's easier said than done. I mean, I, oh, yeah, I'm sure. I, I, I'll be honest, you know, Dolly, we, uh, the other aspect is, as you mentioned, she's got a career herself and uh, something that I've always, um, you know, really <clears throat> paid honor to. Uh, and especially as a full-time mom and a full-time physician, mm-hmm. it's so demanding. I just remain in awe of her balance and, and how well she does that. And, you know, to be honest, I've probably taken some turns in my career because I wanted uh, her career to be better and vice versa. And I think mm-hmm. that's just part of that promise that you made to each other. Mm-hmm. yeah it's that that give and take there too and it's yeah you know it's not always it's funny because I, I it's like not always 50 50 sometimes it's like 100 zero sometimes it's the yep. other way zero 100 and, and yep. then you just hope it like evens out in the end and they you know yeah I can, back. I can tell you I mean again not to get off track but she my first job out of training as you mentioned what I do it's uh, the jobs can be very tough coming out of training and and she took a job that it was literally zero hundred i mean um and she sacrificed a lot you know and and i, I just am forever grateful uh that enabled me to you know find my next job and and get away from training and, and be established in the field and it was just such a selfless act uh i just think there, there's so many times in your life where you have to be marriage is one right you have to be as truly a selfless act um and then another is having a child um it's just uh you got to keep that in mind yeah okay so talking about life and and all of the those big moments and key things i'm curious do you have like pivotal moments or huge like big learnings that that helped shape your life or and your outlook of who you are today uh, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, they're definitely, uh, yeah, a lot comes to mind. I would say I, I would be remiss to say if, if I didn't tell you this story. So l- let me give me some background though. Um, I, I grew up in outside of Augusta, Georgia in a, in a very small rural town, um, very much a, a blue collar family. My dad drove trains for a CSX railroad uh, for a living. And, you know, I certainly, we were not, um, you know, looking for the next meal or going hungry or anything. We didn't have a lot of money, but, you know, a lot of love in the household for sure. And, you know, you just kind of grow up and every adolescent is just selfish, right? (laughs) I think that we've (laughs) we've all been there and all you can think about is, you know, oh, my friends have more than me or, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you're just, I mean, you're just a teen. I mean, your yeah. perspective is so <laughs> rough, right? And um, so I was a junior, yeah, junior in high school. Yeah, junior in high school. And um, my, there was kind of this medical mission trip that was organized to Ecuador um, by, partly by our church uh, in our little town. And uh, my mom was like, you're going. And, you know, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to go, you know, blah, blah, blah. I want to hang out with my friends, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we raised some money. I actually raised some money for it by mowing some lawns. 
So I was like, oh, I've never been out of the country. Hell, I had never been out of the Southeast at that point, uh, mm-hmm. now that I think about it. Um, but, you know, so I go to this tr- mission trip to Ecuador and fast forward, a couple docks on there, and we're just in this extremely rural town in the mountains of Ecuador, which is just beautiful if you've never been. Uh, just And the culture is so amazing. But I was, I was with this... Um, this in this town and we were just doing simple things like showing them how to treat the water to prevent dengue which is from mosquitoes and you know just really doing basic health things um that we just take for granted and and they need more education mm-hmm. on right and mm-hmm. i met this boy who gosh maybe nine eight nine something like that and no shoes um and he had two toys one was a soccer ball that was well overused, and uh, we played with a couple of others. And then another was a, a, a pink, like, little pig, and he had had this pig forever. And I'll just never forget, we were, uh, had helped his family. His brother had some health problems that we had kind of tried to teach the family and, and kind of modify their house so they could take care of his uh, brother some more. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this boy, again, their house was just like, there's mud patches on this house. Right. I mean, no AC, no nothing. And I was just so awestruck by how happy these people were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were so gracious and so amazing. I, I remember when we were about to leave, we were telling him we we're going to leave and he refused to let me go without taking his pink pig because he wanted oh. me to, to say thank you. And, and I still have that pig and, and it, you know, it sits on my, my desk and, and I look mm-hmm. at it and it, I mean, you can imagine being a junior in high school. Oh, yeah. And I mean, my mind was just blown. I mean, I was just, I came back, I think I cried for like, you know, a month straight. And it just, it changed my relationship with my parents. You know, it changed my relationship with just life in general. Um, Mm -hmm. That's truly when I started really thinking I want to try to be involved with medicine was that trip. But it was just, it was such a profound pivot point for me in my life. Um, It's just something I'll never forget. Yeah, that's such a impactful story. And I think there's so, it's so beneficial being able to remove yourself from your normal environment and and travel you know I think that's why travel is so important it's like that perspective of like that worldly perspective almost humbles you where you're like I am so like my scope of the world like my perspective and my life is so small in, in the big scheme of things but realizing like how lucky we really are and again not um ignoring the you know things that people go do go through because they're obviously difficult but being able to see that other side which um is so cool that you saw so young as well and had that perspective yeah it was it was was definitely a moment i agree with you um i i i'd say this too though uh and this is a bigger conversation for another time i don't envy any <laughs> adolescent right now um mm-hmm. i think I, we you and i we didn't really grow up when there was social media and all these mm-hmm. things and you think everyone else's life is perfect and not yours you know it's just it's hard um oh, it, it really is and uh, but that but that perspective and and seeing how happy those people were 
um, mm. who really didn't have much. Uh, it was just so profound uh, for me and, and it still remains to this day um, that, that those people will never know how much they changed my life. And uh, <laughs> I probably, I hope I did something in theirs, but yeah. I don't think I did what they did for me. I know that much. It's cool to think, I'm sure on the other hand, they're like, they probably still remember what you did for them. So it's awesome that it's both so. sides got so much out of it. Yeah. I recently, um, we, I had a friend actually getting married in India and so flew wow. out there and then spent a week and it was luxury. I mean, it was the most like luxurious wedding. It was four days in a palace and all wow. these beautiful things. Yeah, yeah it was uh, amazing. And then took the second week to go explore India and it was the, it was, that was one of my moments oh, where... Cool. The first week, I, it was like the biggest, and again, I, what you were talking about, I couldn't imagine people who are going through it, like adolescents going through it right now, when mm -hmm. you don't even, you're already like insecure and comparing yourself and all of these things. Yeah. And you're just trying to find your way, but on top of that social media and all these other people, but I had kind of, before we left, I was kind of a bit stressed and, and the stock market and if only I yeah. had more and, you know, all these yep. things. Yeah. But, you know, relative, I'm probably like living my dream life compared to what I what I expected. Um, and so and then the first week we're in India, it's this luxury. Everyone's like, you know, seems so the bride is absolutely gorgeous, has an yeah. amazing, you know, in my perspective, I'm like, oh, she has such an amazing life. And and I think her friends from India were like very high up. So it was like yeah. these people in actresses and with huge social media followings wow. and you know um one of them was like his dad was really high up so it was like they had servants and all these things I'm sitting there and I'm like I am I have no money <laughs> I was like I need to get my life together what am I doing like all these things and and there was a lot of couples and then I started comparing my relationship and all of these things and it was I was yep. like then I go the second week we're staying in, um, we stayed in Rishikesh, but it's like, mm -hmm. it's supposed to be very um, spiritual. And they had all of these different ceremonies and people. And again, I was like, oh, that was, I was like, I went from this week and then realized all of those people who I was, you know, quote unquote envious of yeah. had, they weren't even 10% as happy. Right. these people who are running on the streets barefoot you'd give them like 10 cents worth of bread or leftovers yeah. and they'd, they'd be ecstatic and and i'm like <laughs> oh yeah okay yeah. <laughs> i was like i'm sitting here stressed out about what my numbers are in my bank account yep. um knowing that it only took me a certain amount of years to get it you know like yep. life's not gonna end if i started over now even oh, so um right. And it's like, and all of these people who have all of these things, all they're doing is comparing themselves to the next one. You know, it was interesting yep. to see the, I'm like, do they even smile at the wedding? You know, like, were they even happy? <laughs> they were um, worried about how it was going to look on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it. exactly. It. It's like, they spent so much time taking pictures and all these things, but these people <clears throat> running around and then um, at one point they have this, um, there's like a holy river and, um, on the one of the last days we we had like leftovers from breakfast we brought it we're like oh when we see someone we'll, we'll give it to them and um, we ended up going in the river and when I got out 
or when I was in the river, I got out and these little kids were like running next to me. And then I went back in and did it again. And they swam next to me and they were, Mm. they're laughing and hanging out and we get out and we go. And like, there was other older family. It was like, these women were like, you went in the river. And I didn't realize like not a lot of women were. And so they they were like, can we take a picture with you? And, and um, the, the little kids were sitting around and they were like, we didn't speak the language they're motioning. Like they were hungry. And so we're like, Oh my gosh, it's perfect. So we had the food and we gave it to them. And then the other family saw us giving them food. So they gave them food. And it was kind of like, like one of those where it kind of reaffirmed, like not only does you just need like happiness, like it doesn't matter those external things, but then it kind of was like, Oh, just being myself. And like, like you're kind of just putting, having being who you are and having that relentless optimism and just trying to put good into the world. Not only are you doing that, but you're not realizing who's watching and who's being impacted by that and whose days you're making better by just kind of being yourself. Um, which I think is something that, you know, you, you as you are, are enough and mm. just doing what makes you happy in turn really does make people around you happy and better. Um, so it's cool to run into people like you who are, who are such, such lights and like contributing that to society in that way, where it's just like, just be yourself, but, but it spreads so much positivity, which I love. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that really well sums up what I'm trying to do again, do it some days, do it better than that. <laughs> but yeah, it was funny when we first met, I was like, you know, I really got that vibe from you. So I'm so glad that uh, <laughs> you, uh, you invited me on, I, you know, I'll tell you, since you're sending me the optimist study, I'll send you, I'll have to find it. It's an old study. I want to say almost 20 years ago now, Dolly, I think, but, um, but the, the, the premise and I'll butcher the numbers, but basically <laughs> like, it was, it was in the psychiatric journal. And they looked at happiness, right? And mm-hmm. in the North American culture. And from the people that, that filled out all these surveys and so on and so forth, if you made, I think it was $60,000 to $200,000, you had peak happiness. If you made less than 60000 your happiness wasn't as much. But guess what? If you made over, I think it was $200,000, your happiness was just as low as making under $60,000. Interesting. And I thought that was so, I mean, that's the really quick summation of the study, but it, it was just amazing to see that. And it just makes sense. There's a, there's a narrow window in there of, Hey, I have everything taken care of with X amount of money mm-hmm. and, um, you know, having a little, not enough money. Yeah. You might be unhappy because you truly are hungry or, or whatnot. You might not have the resources for healthcare, but you know, if you have too much money, I mean, there's just as many problems that come with that. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, there was a famous philosopher who was it, Hippocrates or maybe it was no- notorious B.I.G. that said more money, more problems. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's true in a way. It is. My friends make fun of me. I like to watch like, the Kardashians reality TV show because <laughs> yeah. it like, I'm like, Oh, they have so many problems. You yep. know, I don't, I don't want to be like them. I yep. like my life. Um, <laughs> but it kind of, it makes me be like, Oh no, like I enjoy my life. Look at all these like problems just from fame or these things. And, yeah. and it's kind of, uh, but centers me in a way. My friends are like, you just like watching the Kardashians. Yeah. Like, Listen, I, I, I think it's wholesome and 
like for for what it does to my life you know yeah well yeah. quick on that I, they were filming and i was in jackson hole in a grocery store and this guy pushes me aside he goes oh, kim's coming through and they came no with their like cameras <laughs> and they were like filming them in this grocery store and I had my kayak on my car. I was like, I get out of here, man. <laughs> but, That's yeah. so funny. So I need to look out for you when I watch. <laughs> this was a long, long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you also talked about um, things you're doing um, is like and working on and just trying to better yourself. It, what are the things right now? Like, what are you working on right now? Um, is there anything you're focusing on or things you're reading or uh, oh whatever gosh. it may be? Yeah, I wish I was reading more and, and <laughs> focusing on more. But I, I would say right now, I probably what I struggle with the most, which might might be what you're maybe if I can answer it that way, yeah. I, I think is, it's just enjoy every day. Uh, I think mm-hmm. enjoy the small things. Um, I think I'm really bad about thinking of the next uh, extreme adventure or the next trip mm-hmm. or can I make it to this weekend? I went to the Georgia game this past weekend and I was like, you know, really found myself last week wishing the week away, you know? And mm-hmm. I mean, it's bad Dolly, but I think this needs to be said, you know, I'm sitting there with my toddler, you know, and I'm like, gosh, I've had them all afternoon and like, I just can't wait for bedtime. And, you know, you just find yourself in these ruts mm-hmm. sometimes. And, and I don't think that makes me a bad person. I think it makes me a person, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. And, but I just, I, I just really want to hit the brakes and try to enjoy those, those small things. And, and I think that, you know, if you don't want to, I'll turn around and he's off at college and, and I'll look back and say, man, I wish I would have you know more afternoons where I would just take advantage of the time I had with them. Um, and, you know, some, some weeks I do that better than others, but I, I think that that's probably what I'm working on the most right now. No, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think, being better at living in the present is something I'm sure uh, most people can work on. Yeah. You know, it, it makes you human, but it's it's um, not as easy as it seems. Totally. Yep. Um, and I think that's good. I always, I do, I go in waves too, where I know I say like, oh, are you listening? I go in such waves where I'll listen to things and then I'm like, yep. okay, now I need like months to just like, I'm, I'm practic like, I don't, I don't want to intake any more information. Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just uh, trying no, exactly to be myself, you, you know? Yep. And then eventually I'm like, Oh, I think, I think life's going pretty good. Am I ready to learn more? <laughs> trying to stretch myself and learn other things, but that's right. Yeah. So, okay. So as we're wrapping up, um, I love all of these insights I'm, and I'm sure the audience will too. Is there no. any final advice or, or wait, this is being recorded with. Yeah, you're like, wait, oh. I thought we were just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, so what'd you say? Final advice you said? Yeah, final advice, yeah. thoughts, anything you want to leave with the audience. Gosh. Um I would say and maybe this is me, but I, I just don't take life too seriously. You know, I, I think that again, maybe it's one of the ways that I get through things. And trust me, I mean, I work in a very serious um, field, right? But I I think that you have to get through enjoying and just not taking yourself or everything too seriously at times. There's always a time to be serious, you know, but (laughs) if you're not having fun and, and then with that, I think that everything is better shared. Right. Um, and if you're not having the right attitude and the right teamwork, uh, to those around you, you know, those are infectious kind of like you mentioned earlier, you know, that 
that kind of shed your light can be infectious. And I just think it's really important to, to try to do that. And again, I, there are days where I'm probably infectious in the wrong way. Um, but <laughs> I, and that's okay. Right. I mean, no one's, no one's perfect, but um, that, I think that's just it. Don't take life too seriously because, um, and just be humble. Uh, that, that's the other thing. I think that if you're not humble, you're going to be humbled. So uh, <laughs> those are always uh, important things to keep in mind. <laughs> I like that. Well, thank you so much for yeah. coming on and sharing your wisdom um, oh, on this podcast. That. I think yeah. so. Um, and this is perfect timing, actually, with like, I think we talked a lot about, you know, gratitude and living in the present. And as, you know, Thanksgiving and the holidays come, yeah. on, it's like, I couldn't have thought of a better theme if I planned it, which I actually, I didn't do that. Uh, uh, so I just lucky that I chose you when I did to come on um, and that you were so gracious and willing to accept. No, happy to be here. It really is an honor. I've uh, become quite the what the tech am I doing groupie. <laughs> you know, it was first Dan Levy that uh, got me started. But yeah, I'm, I'm quite a uh, tech groupie. I, I got shirts made and everything. Let me tell you. Thank you, thank you. We appreciate our fans. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Thanks for listening and don't forget to tune in next time for another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? You can follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you listen to your podcast and music on. Thanks again. Thanks again.